1: Yo, 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 what's up everybody? Welcome back to the greatest show on earth, the man of Mindsets podcast. I am your host Xavier and today my co-host D she's out today. She wasn't feeling well, but she'll be back next week. But today will still be a great episode. But before we start, we'd like to advise everyone to please subscribe, leave a five star rating and review. Do all those things. We greatly, greatly appreciate that. And getting right into the show. This will be another um extremely dope episode we've been trying to get this episode done for a while now and we finally here we're able to get it done this woman she's doing amazing 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 things and we definitely gonna get into all it on the show and her name is terry ijeoma am i saying that correctly
2: you are thank you xavier <laughs> you totally are
1: <laughs> thank you thank you thank you thank you and she's a stock stock investor she's an investor in uh stock trade and we super excited to have you on the show so welcome to the show terry
2: thank you for having me you're so right we've been doing this we've been like talking for so long i'm so glad we finally get to do it yes and can i just can i just say i am so proud of you indiana because y'all have been like just killing it and growing and i've been watching your growth like <laughs> you're you. doing a really
0: good job
1: thank you i really i really appreciate that that means a lot and um just getting right into the show for so for the people who the the small number of people who may not be familiar with you, they've been stuck somewhere under a rock. Do you mind just giving like a quick background on yourself on who you are?
2: Sure. So my name is Terry Gioma, and I trade stocks and travel around the world. Like literally, I quit my job as an assistant principal of an elementary school to travel full time, and I afforded it by trading stocks. Mm. And about two years into it, people started asking me, wait, 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 wait teach us how to do it. How are you traveling and affording your hotel room and your flights with, with trading? Mm. And now that's what I do. I teach people how to trade and travel, how to trade stocks to afford the things that they want in life, whether mm. that's travel like me, or it might be paying for daycare, paying off their debt, paying for a house, whatever it is, how do they use the stock market to do that?
1: Mm. That's I love it. And what, so what was your, um, introduction to the stock market because i know me personally i first heard the stocks in the sixth grade i had this teacher named my music teacher named mr bonds and he was telling us about stocks and stuff and i remember going home to my parents and like people in the neighborhood and i was telling them and nobody like they didn't really know how to do it and this was like i said this this when i was in sixth grade so this probably was like 18 six i don't know a while ago. i'm 28 now how about whatever age you is in sixth grade i don't know but nobody knew how to do it so like what was your um introduction to it
2: Man, I wish I had a sixth grade teacher who knew what he was doing. Because then by the time I was in high school, I would have known what I was doing. But mine was in high school, junior year going into senior year. I did a program called Lead and went up to Chicago and they showed us the Chicago Stock Exchange. So Mm. that was my first intro. But they still didn't really tell us like all the ins and outs. So when Google had their IPO, they actually had a, they were going public for $83 a share. I still didn't know. So I went to my teachers and they didn't know what they were doing either. And you're in Dallas, right? Did you go to school in, in No, Dallas?
1: I'm from, I'm from Chicago. I moved oh, okay, to, I moved okay. to Dallas in 20 December 2020. I've Only been here for like a year.
2: Okay, so see we switched. Mm. I grew up in Dallas and then went to
1: worked Chicago. in Chicago. That's crazy. But
2: right? <laughs> But no, like nobody in in my public schools in Dallas, nobody knew what was going on. So then I ended up going to MIT and learned about it in college. But at the same time, like we knew of stocks and of trading, but they didn't really show you the ins and outs. Even when I interned on Wall Street, we didn't really? know all the ins and outs. hmm. So I had to try to figure it out on my own in 2010 after the the housing crash.
1: Wow. Well, that's, that's so. What made? What, but what made you say? I'm about to go into this thing because I think a lot of people, it seems like super um technical and, you know, it's like it's too much going on. It kind of intimidates a lot of people. And you said you did it in 2010, right? So now it's like it's easier to understand for a lot of people. But 10 years ago, that wasn't the case. A lot of people was kind of like, no, nah, this stock stuff, that's not for us, especially in the black community.
2: They weren't, you're so right. The, the thing that got me was I was going to invest in a house. Cause you know, everybody says invest in real estate mm-hmm. at the time too, in Chicago, they were thinking about having the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So I had gotten into a house for the Olympics and then later, a little bit later, there was another neighborhood. So I actually had some money saved and I was about to put it down on the house. And the realtor started talking about how he was making money trading. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? I'm about to put $30,000 down on this house and you over here talking about you're making money in the stock market. Well, maybe I need to save my (laughs) (laughs) 30,000.
1: All right. <laughs>
2: now, though, I tell you the truth. I'm so glad that I invested in the stock market. But I also do think that real estate is a good idea, too, because mm. I was thinking about you from Chicago. It was a three flat right um, outside of the University of Chicago.
1: Ooh. That
2: thing right now would have went for a money. Mm. But both of them have been successful for me. I have to tell you the truth. But mm. I, I wish I had also thought about that three flat. Both of them would have been good. But both
1: of no, all, that, that's been a, a great investment right now. And so when you found out about about that, was you did you start off with just investing long-term? Or like, when did you ease into saying, I'm going to trade? Because I know trade is much more, at least in my opinion, it's much more complex than just buying long-term.
2: It is. It is. You're right. Like, investing is is relatively simple, not, it's not easy, easy, but right. it's, it's relatively simple because you find a healthy company, you get into that company and then you really don't have to touch it much right. until retirement. So that that's kind of easy. With trading, we still are looking at that same healthy company, but we're watching the price movement. So we're watching mm. when it goes up, we're selling it, when it comes down, we're getting into it. And we're just getting in and out of it to make money. I, I'll tell you the truth, the first six years, I was trying to figure it out on my own. I was watching CNBC and I was just, you know, playing with my account. I I call myself smart because I went to MIT. So I was like, I'm going to create my own algorithm and I'll be able to beat the market. But then come to find out, actually, a lot of people have been trading for a long time before me. I do not have to reinvent the wheel. And that would be one of my advice for anybody else trying to learn how to trade. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. So many people have figured out how to do it well. Just follow someone who's been doing it well. Mm. That's the best way to be consistent. You trying to find some random obscure company that nobody else knows about, and, and that's gonna be the winner. This gonna be the one. That is not gonna be, mm. <laughs> that's not gonna bring you as much success as going like after someone who has consistently been making regular Rural. games mm. and looking at their system.
1: I'm glad you said that because I feel like a lot of young people when they when they get into it that is like their first instinct is like I'm going to find some company that nobody knows about I'm going to put all this money into it and it's going to blow up I'm going to make all this money and, I, and like you don't have like you said you don't have to reinvent the wheel and I, I also like that you said it took you six years because a lot of us we might trade for three months and it's like man this is some BS this stuff ain't working it. it ain't working I ain't making no money like you said it took you six years so you really like mastered your craft and then paid off tenfold so i like i really love that you said that
2: you know especially right now because i know people are going to be listening and some of them probably have been investing and coming into 2021 the market has been doing its own craziness right like it just keeps falling for a long-term investor or short-term investor your portfolio is not what it was Mm -hmm. at the middle of last
1: year that's a fact (laughs)
2: <laughs> it's showing some red or some some lower numbers. Um, what I will tell people, like, there's a couple things that people should know. One, one of the best things about being a trader is getting to know your, your company or your stock. And that's something that a lot of people who have just been in it three months, y'all don't have the wisdom of getting to know the stock. Mm. It's kind of the same as a relationship um you get into this is gonna sound so crazy this, <laughs> follow, follow me okay. so um that i've dated a guy once and we had known each other for like two weeks and he was like oh i love you and in my head i'm like right. you don't know nothing about me right <laughs> how you what do you love you just love the idea of me but you mm. don't know me well enough mm. that's the thing with the stock market it takes time to get to know this the company You need to know how does it act in the beginning of the year? How does it act when inflation is coming? How does it act during earnings season when the company reports? How does it act in the summertime when um, there's a different thing that happens with the president or how, you know, like there's something about getting to know a company. One of the reasons why I'm so successful now is because I've been watching these companies for 12 years. I know them like the back of my hand. So for all those who are brand new, give yourself some grace and some time because you got to get to know the companies.
1: That's great. I know. I love that. That's that's great advice. And how, like, so during that time period when you was learning and studying, like, how many hours throughout the day was you, like, studying it?
2: In the beginning, if you really, so let me back up. It really depends what your goal is. Mm. If your goal is every once in a while, I just want to make some money, then you don't have to study as hard because you can do something called a swing trade, a swing trade is anything less than a year. So you may get in now when the market is coming down and then hold it till the summertime. And so you probably won't have to look at that very often. Well, you still want to, personally, I would check it each day or every other day just to make sure that it's still on the right track. Mm -hmm. But since you're going to be in it for a little while, you don't have to do as much studying. But if you're really wanting like daily or, you know, weekly returns, then you need to spend at least a couple hours a day, I think. Mm. Throughout the day, checking the company to see how it's doing. And then at nighttime, doing some homework. So that's going to be about an hour of looking. I'm a technical analysis trader. So looking at your charts, looking at the news that happened on that company, looking at the overall market, because you need to know what's happening in the world in order to know what's going to happen to your stocks. Right. For example, right now we are potentially going to war. The inflation is going up. Earnings are coming out. Like all of those are are bigger macro things that are also going to impact your smaller company. Mm.
1: That's all. You giving some game for real. And what um, because you said it earlier, like you spoke on like a healthy company, like looking at healthy companies. So from your from in your opinion, what makes a company a healthy company?
2: If you go into CNBC or whatever uh, platform you use to look at a stock, look at what has the, where has their stock price been over the last year? If it's been going consistently up, it's called an uptrend. So, one, I'm looking at things that have been on an uptrend over the past year. Ideally, you want them definitely on an uptrend over the past three months, but a year is good. I'm also looking at companies who have a good uh, forecast. So, every quarter, once the quarters are every three months, and I know you know all this, Xavier, but this for all the people who don't know. Um, So every three months, uh, companies report their earnings. They report how they're doing. And during that, they tell you what they think their forecast will be for the next quarter. I'm looking for companies that have positive forecasts, also positive uh, earnings. That means that their revenue is bigger than their expenses. We're just looking for like those type of things. What are they doing in regards to their competitor? That's another big thing. Are they the best in in their sector? I try to go with the best in breed. I don't want, if we're doing airplanes, I want the best airline, not the Rudy Poo one that's got to figure out how to get their life together.
1: <laughs> <No>.
2: <laughs> Every sector, we're looking at the best company. So then that company, we can trade in and out of for income.
1: Mm, I, I, that's that's good advice for everybody that's listening. You you make it, um you break it down real simple without, because I feel like a lot of times when it comes to stocks, especially when we talk about the younger generation, like younger than 30, it's like people just, Want to go for home runs, and they wanted to happen like instantly. I know when I talk to like friends and family about stocks and stuff, they'll be like, "All right, what I, what I, what what's gonna what can make me? What, how can I double my money in the next couple months?" And I'm like, "Yo, like y'all gotta calm down. Like this, excuse my language. I'm like, this shit don't work. It ain't gonna work like that. That's how you lose your money. Like that's seriously how you use your money. And I think it take. I think when you start off, a lot of people, you that's like the quickest thing you want to do, especially coming from certain environments. But then after some ales, because I've I feel like everybody takes some L's, especially in the beginning. Being like, hold on, I need to take some step back and just play it a little bit more strategic. Like, was it any, is that, is that how you learn from taking like losses and things like that?
2: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But let's go back to the percentage thing. People need to understand their expectations as a trader. So when you are trading, the average for the market is 8 to 10 percent. So when someone says, I want to double their money, you are saying, I want to get 100% return when the natural average is 8 to 10%. That's very unlikely. Mm. So for all those people that are trying to reach that, what's probably going to happen is you keep reaching for these 100% returns and each time you're going to be losing 50% losing 25 percent because you're getting into things really risky trying to get that extra return mm. when you could have gotten to something that was a safer more um reliable trade not made as much but made sure that you kept making your money consistently mm. I like so that. yeah so people bring back your <laughs> bring expectations it. <laughs> reel it in reel it in like, let's just try to see, can we get 1% of our cash amount on a regular basis?
1: Because mm.
2: if you do that eight times, well, now you're in line with the market. You do that 10 times, now you're beating the average. You're beating let's it. Let's just do that first. And what people don't know is if you make 1% of your cash amount each training day, which is five days a week, but you do that for five months, then you will double your money.
0: Mm.
1: I like but that. that's
2: because you were doing just 1% a 1%. day.
1: No, I, I love that. Because I was, I was literally just about to ask you, like, what was your thoughts on? Because I, I, another common thing, when I, what I see is people not knowing when to exit. Like, you might hit a home run, you might get up 200%. You might be like, I'm up 200, but I feel like this could hit, I could get 400%. So, what's your thoughts on exiting? Like, how do you know when it's time to, like, walk away?
2: Yeah, the key thing you said in there is, I feel like, anytime it's a an I I feel like, that
1: ain't
2: it. <laughs> get out
1: of it. <laughs> I when, know, you know, right.
2: when you are happy with what is in your account, like he, here's the here's my rule. And this is not the technical one. And of course there's a technical right. one too. But my personal rule is if I look at my account and I am surprised
1: by the <laughs> account that
2: is there, then I get out.
1: <laughs> get out, right?
2: Because as soon as I'm surprised and happy, then and I hold on, that's when it all go away. Mm. So, so, when you look at it and you're like, ooh, this is good, sell. Right then, sell. You were excited, you were happy, sell.
1: I agree. <laughs> Take the
2: profit and run. Um, <laughs> what's, the te-
1: what's, the, what's the technical answer to that?
2: So, the technical one is looking at charts. Before you even get into a trade, you should have calculated what is my risk on this trade and then what is my reward. Mm -hmm. And to get that, you would have put in a stop loss. So all of this, like I teach in the trade and travel course, but you would have put in a stop loss at the place where you're going to get out of the trade and you would have actually, excuse me, had a target in mind ahead of time for if the stock gets to this place Mm -hmm. on the chart, then I'm getting out you need to exit when the stock price gets to that place and the way that i look at that is candlesticks we're looking at formations and candlesticks but we would know ahead of time if the stock comes to this price this is the exit because right after this it's going to start going down you know,
1: start going down mm-hmm. that's not that's that's once again that's great advice because i i even done it myself is i didn't think got wins and i'm like Man, this this ride. I might I might want to keep riding with this. Then you know it started dropping down. You're like damn, I should have sold when I I knew I should have sold back then. So that yeah, that's, that's like it's it's so easy to get your emotions caught up when you um when you invest in specific, like, yeah. spe- especially trading, especially trading seeing is super emotional. Yeah, it's extremely. Emo- Do you think what what you think is the most important um trait to be a successful trader? Is emotions like being able to control your emotions probably one?
2: Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Because because here's the the emotions that you go through. First, you're not sure if you should get into the trade. So right. you have that fear of, you know, what if I get in and I, I didn't do it right? Or is this the right time? So you're questioning yourself. Then if you don't get in at that time and it starts going up, then you have FOMO, fear of missing out. Because it's like, oh man, I should have been in. Dang, why did I do that wrong? Then if it doesn't go right, Say you start losing money. Then you start talking about yourself. Like, <laughs> oh, man, I knew I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I knew before I even got into it, it was going to be bad. Like, that's, that's all
1: the fact. these
2: things. And then if it goes right, then you go into, well, I think it's going to keep going. Should I get out? Maybe I should stay in. <laughs> yep. All these things are going through your head on every trade. So the most important thing to master is having a trading plan that actually says this is what I'm going to do and the trading plan needs to say in there. This is my criteria for getting into a trade. This is my criteria for when to exit the trade. This is my criteria for like what goal I have. I'm trying to make $100 on a regular basis. And and what happens is when you have these criteria in place then when you hit it, you know, to exit, you know, like it's not, a, it doesn't take any brain, brain thought anymore. It's not emotional. It's just my trading plan says that I'm trying to make a hundred dollars. I made a hundred dollars. out of the trade. <laughs> you know, right. 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 So the training plan is going to be the most crucial thing. And then sticking to that is probably the second thing. Discipline to actually do your trading plan.
1: Mm, no, I love that. And do you think, um, I'm trying to think how to ask this. So let's say if somebody listens to this and they like, oh, you know what? I want to start trading. Do you think they should start trading the same day or should they, how long should they study before they make a trade?
2: I tell people in my class. So one, I do think it's important to get educated first. Mm-hmm. If you are a doctor, you don't just go operate on people. You exactly. go to medical school first. If you're a pilot, mm-hmm. then you don't just go fly a plane. You go to school first. So I do think it's important to take some classes um, shameless plug: We are the number one class.
1: <laughs> go ahead.
2: Wow. So, I I think ours is great, but no matter what, takes some education. But then, what I tell my students is, I want them to practice first in a simulator with fake money, and I want them to have ten successful trades, ideally ten in a row, which is really difficult. 10 Do in a ten row. successful trades in a row, and then go to your real money.
1: Why ten in a row?
2: That means that you're consistent. That means you've mastered your plan.
1: Mm. Now,
2: can you trade with the real money before that? Yes. And even I think right now the market is falling quite a bit. So if we see a turnaround, this might be a good time to just take some even longer term positions before you have gotten to your 10. But ideally at 10, you know that you've mastered it, that you really do have your trading plan down. Like we have seven steps. After, after 10, then I feel like you've mastered my seven steps.
1: Mm, no, I love the answer. And speaking, um, speaking of your course, I got something I want to touch on your course. But before I go to that, we are going to go into our next sponsor really quick. This episode is also sponsored by The Morning Meetup. One thing all successful people have in common is strong connections. If you're trying to break into the entrepreneurial world, you're looking looking to network with like-minded individuals, or you're looking to take your business to the next level. Currently, entrepreneurs from all across the country meet up every morning for a daily meeting from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern to start the day off right. If you want to join this community, there's never been a better time to try it out because for a limited time only, you can start a seven-day trial for just one dollar if you're looking to get started with the morning meetup you can go to www.dmorningmeetup.com slash one dollar trial and like as always the link for that is in the description of this podcast episode so speaking of your course trade and travel i've seen that first i want to say congratulations to all your success like that's amazing and i really love to see it so congrats on that and I've seen that you did over 40 million in sales with your course, which is huge. So that just speaks on how many people you actually helping in real time, in real life. So like I said, once again, congrats on that. So first I want to ask, so what, um, like you said, I'm pretty sure a, million, a, a hell of people is probably asking you, how did you, how was you doing all this? But did you think before all this even started, did you see all this happening for yourself? Did, did you even imagine this? No, not at all. And, and honestly, I never
2: wanted to start a course. I think a lot of people lately that have come to me, and maybe it's because I, I'm in courses now, they just want to start a business. And so they they are trying to figure out how to start a course and what business to start. I had no desire to start a course. I wanted to live my life on the beach and relax. So people kept <laughs> asking me to teach them. And so finally I was like, okay, fine. Look, I'm going to do one class. And then y'all won't ask me no more. I did the class, they loved it. And then, and this was in Thailand actually. Then the next time we were in Vietnam, they were like, Can you do another class? So I did another one in Vietnam. And then when my friends back home in Dallas found out, because they had seen it on Instagram, they were like, Oh, will you do a class for us? So it organically grew for me. And it honestly has continued to organically grow. The Mm -hmm. 40 million is really like, people just telling friends they've been getting results they like the class they like how organized it is they're actually making a thousand dollars in a day we have like a thousand dollars in a day club so then their friends see them making money and then they tell somebody so it just organically has grown
1: Mm. so you think organic organic traction is the best um like uh way to do things cuz i feel like everybody is trying to make a course today and some people struggle and some people get success and you being the number one you got the number one course on teachable which was like the biggest course selling pratf- platform so to have the number one course on there like i'm a, I'm, a, I'm a pop i'm gonna pop, I'm a pop your shit for you i'm gonna talk for you cuz that's major that's <laughs> a you. that's Thank
0: a, you, a <laughs> that's
1: a that's a like no nah, seriously that's a big deal it's like thousands and thousands and thousands of courses on teachable to have the number one course does not that's a huge, huge deal. Like, I can't say congrats enough. Like I'm super, I'm super proud of you. And that's why this is our first time speaking on camera face to face. And I'm super proud of you. So, but like, okay. do you think like how much, how important just for people that may be trying to build courses right now, like how important was like marketing in that process?
2: Marketing is super important. I definitely think that you have to let people know who you are in order for them to come to your course. So a couple things I would say about marketing. Your students are your number one marketers. So if you're spending your whole time thinking about marketing, but not actually pouring into your students, that's already wrong. Mm. So the first, first two people or the first people in my class, I had two. Two people, but I gave them my all so that like I could make sure they were learning. They were my focus. And then they told other people. Then it turned into 30 people, okay? I'm giving you guys my all. Like, I literally taught my class over and over and over for two years. Every quarter, I would teach the whole class. So, me on lives teaching the class, okay? I see that they didn't get this part. This part didn't make sense. Oh, they're still making mistakes here. I would tweak it, then redo it all again. Teach it again, another eight weeks, okay? Let this, this didn't work. Let's try this. Maybe this analogy would make it better. Then I would teach it again. So the real like secret sauce is that I wanted to make sure my students were learning. Mm. So I think that's something that now a lot of online course creators are missing. They just want to make money, make but money. they're not thinking about the success of their students. and I and I want them to actually focus on you are now the teacher. You are now the subject expert. So you got to make sure you're focusing on Are your people getting it.
1: No, that's, 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 that's extremely uh heavy right there because like you said, and I think it's dope because like you said, you started with two students. I think when people hear a story and they hear the 40 millions of sales, they forget. I think people forget that everybody starts from zero. Like they just see things so big. It's like, man, that's out of this world. I could never do anything remotely close to that. But you started with two. Like you said, you put all your energy into those. So they that's, that's how you, that's how you build anything. So that's, that's extremely, um, I'm glad you touched on that. And, um, uh, I know you have a background in education before you, when you started trading and stuff. So, and then you eventually left. So my question is, when did you know, and I like asking entrepreneurs, this, as full-time entrepreneurs. When did you know it's time to walk away from the gig? Man, this
2: lady, she's... <laughs> <laughs> my, so... Okay, let me put some burden on myself. Usually I talk about my bosses, who legit I think were crazy. But this time I'm going to talk about me. I I personally think that I I struggle with being a staff member. This is not true. I think I'm a good staff member. I work really, really hard. However, what, what would happen is I would be in a job and it would go really great for about two years. And then the third year, things would just start going crazy. And, and But this was a pattern. So So I'll take some of that burden on me. Clearly, I either get bored or restless or something happens every three years or so in a right. job for me. Um, But on the flip side, I will say that, like, dang, my bosses, like, I literally have PTSD from jobs. Like, I had one job where people on my staff tried to stab me in my back and take my job and then, like, told me that the boss was trying to, like, fire me, but she couldn't because I wasn't doing anything wrong. So they had to try to get me to quit, like, just toxic situations. Then there was, like, another one at the school where, like, I'm overhearing her trying to sabotage and find ways to make me look bad. And I'm like, what is going on? There's, I, in my last job, I had four bosses. One of them was, like, super petty and, like, super petty. We would be, I would do, like, a huge project. There's one I remember, like, really is just, I worked so hard on this project. And she came back talking about one of the thumbtacks was the wrong color. How you going, to what? All of the work we do doing, and you're going to talk about one thumbtack is the wrong color. Yeah, that's crazy. Out of all the other colors. And then she would tell me stuff like, well, the microwave is dirty. That ain't my job. Like, that's <laughs> <What>? the <dangerous laughs> job. Why, why is this on my report? <laughs> like, this just don't make sense. Um, but, yeah, I just... I knew that I needed to go because of my bosses. And then when my friend passed away, that was like another, okay, Terry, it's time. Because life is too short. People are dying. And I know, like, this was way before COVID. So I know there's even more urgency now. Like, life will pass you by. If you're in a job where this is not the right fit, you've got to figure out how to get into a better fit. Because life is just not promised to any of us at any age. I like I was under the weather this week and I was a little afraid. Dang, do I got COVID? Like you just never know. So life is too short for me. That was it. My friend passed you. away, and then my bosses were crazy.
1: Mm, quick question: Do you do your bosses know what you're doing now?
2: <laughs> yes, one. Of, I know one of them does. Because she called me and I've, I've had several bosses. One of them does. Cause she called me and she wanted to be in my class. Um it's funny, another... how
1: it's funny how that worked.
2: funny <laughs> how that worked. It sure is. Right. Mm-hmm. Come back around. You're like, right. Oh, um, another one. I seen him at church. So I think they're proud of me. And I think it had, to, it had to work the way it did. Mm-hmm. That's where I've, I've come to the conclusion. Like it was God's doing mm-hmm. like Things had to work out the way they did, but in it, I was crying all the time. I was crying in the bathroom, my heart hurt. I remember having one conversation with one of the bosses and I literally came home. I like could just muster up enough to come home. And I remember opening the door and then just falling. Like my heart hurt. Like I, I just, it just felt like she had ripped my heart out and just stomped it on the ground. <laughs> Because it was just like it was one of those times where you do everything you can, right. and somebody finds the one thing to try to still pull you down. That's kind of how it felt. Mm. Uh,
1: that's crazy, yeah. but that's and and when you left, did you um like did you have like a number of money say I'm gonna save up this much money and leave, or did you just was like I'm just gonna go out on the I'm gonna take this leap
2: mine was i was trying to trade at the time so i had decided i would leave in october of the school year and waited the whole rest of the school year practicing trading until i could okay. leave so i knew that i needed to make 300 a day when mm. i got to 300 uh consistently that i was trading each day then i could leave that was how i did it
1: mm, okay okay so the, I, I like that strategy and what is your, um? what I was about to ask? I had another question I was about to ask. Yeah, if you don't mind sharing, what was um one of your best and worst days trading? Ooh,
2: uh, best day, I made a million dollars in a day last whoa, year.
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <So, laughs> I wouldn't expect that you to was, say that. That
2: was a good day. Ah. That was a great day. I made $1,087,000 in One, 000, 87, 000 and one day. day, and it was trading Amazon. Mm-hmm. Amazon. That was. I had been working towards that. Like in order to get there, because I had, I have always had these goals. First, it was $300 in a day. Then it was, okay, can I make a thousand dollars in a day? Hit that. Then it was, can I make a hundred thousand dollars in a day? I did that in 2020. Then in 2021, it was like, can I make a million dollars in a day? And I did it. Mm-hmm. So I've been working up to this level. Wow. Um, and some people know, because some people, I don't think you really realize what you, what it takes to work up to that. It takes one, you have to increase your account size. Mm. So you can't just have $3 in your account and make a million. You have to actually start making your account grow. So it took me a while to get to a place where I had enough money to do a trade that could make a million dollars. Was it? So that. Go oh, ahead.
1: Sorry, I was going to ask, was it a call or a put? It's a call. Okay.
2: These are calls. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. I, But I do like shorting. And I think in this market, people need to get really comfortable with shorting too. That's puts. Making money when the market goes down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But this one, like you have to get yourself up to enough money. Then you have to master that trading plan. Like I was telling you about, everybody trades differently. So it took me a while to get to a point where I could master my trading plan enough to make the trade that would make a million dollars and then mastering your mental health. Cause mm. then, like we said, all those emotions that go through your mind. I got to a million, and it was like, oh my god, do I sell? Do I keep it? Should I just hold on to this? It was like, no, girl, sell. You've been waiting <laughs> on this
1: <laughs> no. for a
2: long time. Sell and get your money. <laughs> no, seriously,
1: that's crazy. And how how long how long did it take?
2: That one was over two days.
1: It was just over two days.
2: Yeah, I placed it. I sold some of it the first day and then I sold some more the next day. The first day, um, I well, over the two, I actually made more than the million and eighty seven thousand. Ended up being like one point five million dollars mm. altogether. But yeah, it was a two-day trade for those two.
1: That's a great that's a great trade right there. Shout out to Amazon.
2: Yes. Today, I was like, dang, I should have shorted Amazon. I would have made that on the downside. But hey, you can't win them all. Uh, On the downside, one of my worst days was when I first started trading. I had lost $26,000 in a day. And I know compared to a million, that sounds small. But you have to remember as a start, right? My account was not very big. I only had like 30, 35,000 that I was trading. I had moved over my old retirement accounts, so that was almost like I lost my whole whole portfolio in a day.
1: In a day. And
2: some of the, yep. Some of the things I did wrong. So I told y'all some of the stuff I did right. Some of the things I did wrong. I was trading earnings. Um, Right now in January, I know this is going to come out soon. A lot of companies are reporting their earnings. Do not play. That's that's like playing with fire. Mm. Trying to get into the stock the day that they report their earnings because you don't know what they're about to do you don't know what they're going to say they could say that they did wonderful like netflix they said they did great but then they they said well we're not gonna have as many subscribers next quarter (sighs) down a hundred dollars who would have known that so you never know what the earnings will be so i don't think you should trade earnings that's just a big part of what I did wrong, I and mean, then I did a whole bunch of other stuff wrong that I I talk about in the
1: course. Mm, that's very interesting because like I was a lot of times I'll see people talk about trading and earnings, and I'm glad that you said that with that advice right there, for, for, specifically for people that may be thinking about trading or starting. Because you will see that a lot. I know I see that online a lot, like especially like last year, people trading on earnings. Like, oh, the earnings reports came out. Get this, and with you with that perspective. I just like yeah, that makes sense. Like when you was just breaking that down, like that makes a lot of sense. Because you don't, you don't know, you don't know. All right?
2: Right. I would prefer you all wait till after earnings, and then like I usually give it a few days after earnings, then go ahead and place the trade. So for example, Netflix. They said that they did okay, but their forecast next quarter is not so great. So this one's a little. It's kind of a. It's not as easy of a trade. But like, say that they had done amazing, but their stock still went down anyway. Then maybe you could pick it up and say, "Hey, I think this is a healthy company, but it just came down a little bit." But that's a more educated trade than trying to trade before they before. even announced.
1: Mm, I like that. What do you think about that? Because I know sometimes when I talk to people that may not be um as financially uh stable, and they talk to about they talk to me about investing and saying like what companies because they invest in long term, and sometimes I'll say like in certain situations it's probably best for you to trade right now. What do you think about that? Do you think people that don't have an abundance of money, do you think they should start investing long term or go to trading first?
2: I think it depends on their mindset. Mm. If they are not good with money in general, then trading won't be good for them either because mm. we talked about it it's hard it's a mindset game. Um you have to have like strong, emotional fortitude to be a trader. So if, if the reason why they don't have a lot of money is because they haven't been a good steward of their money in general, then let's be a long-term investor first and see if you could even just mm-hmm. not touch it. Right. How much can you save to grow that account? And then once you get that account up a little bit, then maybe you can start training with a, a part of it.
0: Mm. So
2: I, I would say that's probably a better route. Um, like if you don't, if, you, if they're not starting with a lot of money in general.
1: No, I like that. I like that. And you say see, you seem like naturally, you seem like a real like just like an even keel, like a emo- like you got your emotions to check, person, which probably translates to winning within the market. But what do you say to the person that's probably not as emotionally stable as you, and they probably just can't check their emotions like that? Is there a way they can learn to keep them in check so when they go into the markets, they won't be as like ready to get out when things are going south.
2: Yeah, I think that's when you need the trading plan, like from from trading travel. That's when the seven steps come into practice. Okay. Like if you're in the course, then there's seven steps and those are the seven you follow. You just got to religiously stick to it. And if you can, not if you feel like, man, I can't at least have a stop loss on each trade, like put in some risk management into your trading. There's got to be like a, at this level, I'm getting out. I don't care what's going on. I'm protecting my portfolio at this number or at this amount in my account. Psh, we're exiting everything. Okay. Like there, like there's got to be some fail safes in your plan for you if you emotionally are not, you know, able to to control
1: it. Mm. And, and speaking on the course trade and travel, do you mind going over with all the covers just for the people that's listening?
2: Yeah, um, and and I know I talk a lot about it, but it's just because I, I think it can really help. No, definitely. Right now with the market going down, I feel like a lot of people need help because we talk about how to pick good companies. That's the first week. Then we go into risk management. Then technical analysis. That's how do you know the right price to get in and out. Apple is a great company, but if you bought it last week, you bought it at $170. If you bought it this week, it's at $160. That's a big difference. Mm -hmm. So how do you know the right time? Charts. Then we go into the trading plan. That's going to take those emotions out and just say, hey, these seven steps, Terry said this this is what we're going to do. Then from there, we go into more advanced things. How do you make money on the way down? That's week uh, five, shorting. Then we go into gaps and glow back. So Netflix just dropped a hundred dollars overnight. How do you take advantage of that? And then we go into options. So now that you know the whole system, options is a hundred shares at a time.
0: Mm.
1: And and I know no uh like nobody can predict the market, but from your opinion, do you think? Because I know earlier you spoke on like it's a good time to get in and, and short and be shorting on uh, companies and stuff like that. So how long do you think? This will last, just from your opinion.
2: I'm hoping that it won't last much longer than the first quarter. Last year, we did something similar. December and January, it went down and kept falling and and acted like it was never going to end. And then February came and it just flipped right on around. So I'm hoping that we'll see a turn soon, but we don't know. Mm. We didn't have to deal with inflation or quantitative um, tightening last year. Now we do have to deal with that. And so we just have to see how the market responds.
1: Right. right. And what what are your thoughts on crypto?
2: So I was in Bitcoin 20, like the end of 2020 going into 2021. And I sold when it got to 66,000. And then I didn't get back into it. So um, I personally think that it's a, a bit risky right now. So I would wait. If it comes down super low then that's naturally what i do as a trader i get back into things when they're really low mm-hmm. so i'll be watching it but i'm not trying to jump in right now
1: that makes sense because it, it like you said it is the market's been dropping and it's and that's something we talk about crypto a lot because i've been in this since 2017 i tell people all the time i'm like this ain't uh, like crypto is it's different it's similar but it's different it's seven days a week you could take a nap on a Sunday. You wake up, your stuff could be gone. So it's like you gotta be. a stock market, at least on Saturday and Sunday, you could be like, all right, I can breathe a little bit without. But do you do you study um a lot on the weekends, like in pre- in preparation for like Mondays and stuff like that?
2: I do because I'm a charting like a chartist for a technical analysis. I don't have to do a lot of studying of reports and. P and E's and all that type of stuff. But I do chart my whole watch list on the weekends so that I know what to look out for during the week.
1: Mm, okay. And this is, uh, one of my, I got, cause I know you, this is one of my final questions I got for you. I know you uh traveled a lot when you started to trade. Do you think traveling as much as you did, did that have any effect on the way you traded?
2: I do. Good question. One, I think it gave me perspective, excuse me, gave me perspective So that I wasn't so anxious. I think one of the biggest mistakes of new traders is they overtrade. They're staring at it all day. And then they are like getting in when they shouldn't be trading at all. When I was traveling, I couldn't do that, especially because I was in different time zones. So in Korea, I was up super early, like 2, 3 a.m. trying to catch the U.S. market. I would trade for a couple hours and I'd go to sleep. So so I wouldn't have the whole day to just look at it. And I think that helped me build patience. That's something that people now in the U.S. and as new traders need to have as well, just more patience to find the right trade instead right of just trade.
1: continuing to trade. Yeah, patience is everything. And which, um, because this is, I feel like this is a common question that people always ask when they talk about buying stocks or trade, which platforms do you think are the best if you want to trade or just buy, buy into companies?
2: I, so there's a couple that i like for traders td ameritrade has a good one with thinkorswim mm-hmm. interactive brokers is good i use one called TradeStation, but I'm, I'm actually looking to see if i can switch brokers right now so all three of those are good and i do think make sure that you open a margin account when you open an account margin just gives you extra buying power don't have to use it so some people are like the only way terry trades is with margin no you don't have to use it but it's good to have because it lets you trade faster in terms of if you have a cash account it takes you three business days for your money to come back into your account so you gotta wait before you can trade again in a margin account you can trade the next day also short selling only can be done in margin accounts so if you have um not so much with, with options but with cash uh, excuse me with stocks short selling with stocks can only be done in a margin account so you have to make sure you have the right account to be able to do all the things, all the things. That, that you can
1: are you a mm-hmm. fan of Robinhood? no <laughs> why not <laughs> i'm not either by the way but i just I, and i talk to, i always tell this to people too but why but for you why why why, the, why aren't you a fan of Robinhood? hood
2: They don't have good charting, and I'm a big chart person. Their charts are not robust. Their timing is slow. So if you get into a trade and or not, if you had Robinhood and and you got into a trade and I got into a trade with TD or TradeStation, we would get different prices. And I don't like that. I want to be able to get the best price. And then I just don't like that when it's really volatile, sometimes Robinhood breaks down. That's not cool.
1: That's not cool at all. You you it'll break down for it. Then you come back on. You didn't lost a lot. Of, you can't even sell, you can even sell if you wanted to.
2: That's horrible. Yeah, yeah, terrible.
1: Yep. And this is this is my final question. I like to ask everybody this because everybody has has a different opinion on it. So, from your opinion, what does wealth mean to you?
2: Wealth means freedom of time. Because I have wealth, I get to decide what I want to do. I don't have to do anything. I do things because I want to. And
1: that's what wealth means to me. Mm. I want to do stuff. <laughs> no, that's, that's a simple breakdown. I, I, I love that. And before we let you go, I just want to say, first, I greatly appreciate you taking the time out your busy schedule to come on the show. Like we said in the beginning, we've been trying to get this done for a while. So to finally get it done, I am extremely happy to get it done. I'm grateful. and I, Like I said, I appreciate it. And secondly is, do you mind plugging in all your stuff where people can find you, follow you, buy your course? I'm going to put the uh, link for the course in the description of this podcast episode for everybody. And everything else, you can plug everything.
2: Perfect. So find us on YouTube at Trade and Travel, on Instagram at Trade and Travel. Um, You can find my course and a free webinar at TradeandTravel.com, but also the link in the bio. Make sure you click that link. And yeah, that's the best places to find me
1: cool thank you thank you and like she said y'all so make sure y'all definitely follow her like she's giving out gems, and she's really doing it so if you want to trade become a trader go get that course and tap in we, we got we 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 stepping in here at man that Mindsets. and before we wrap up i would like to advise you guys to please follow me and diana i'm at xavier c Miller on all platforms you can follow the millionaire mindsets podcast on our, all platforms as well and you can follow diana at diana kit that's on all platforms and appreciate y'all tapping to another episode of the mindsets podcast. See you guys next episode. Peace. You gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people. If you know they solid, elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some games, every y'all gonna talk about it. No, Diana, speak that shit that everybody's vouching. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag to your bank account need an accountant.